Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hello and welcome back. Darren Mitchell here and you're listening to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. So great you could join me on this beautiful Wednesday, the 3rd of November 2021. Another hump day in the week, middle of the week and uh, trust you've had a great, for those of you in Melbourne, hope you had a phenomenal cup day yesterday and for those of you who did not have a public holiday yesterday, I trust you were able to get a lot of things done and your productivity is going through the roof. So if you're brand new to the podcast, welcome on board and uh, hopefully what I share with you today is enough to want you to come back and be curious to listen to tomorrow's episode, but also maybe check out some of the back catalogue of podcasts. I've been recording podcasts now since uh, April 2020, so today's episode I think is episode number 368, so there's a lot there. If you're listening on the Apple platform, though, there's only 300. So if you're wanting to listen to some of the earlier material, then you probably have to go to my website at darrenmitchell.com.au. But um, if, you're welcome, if you're brand new, welcome aboard. And of course, if you are a returning listener, greatly appreciate you coming back and uh, hope I continue to add value to you and your quest to become an exceptional sales leader, but also hopefully paying it forward to your sales team as well and helping them become even more exceptional in what they do on a daily basis. So on today's episode, I was talking yesterday with a with a colleague and we're talking about communication and making pitching count. Now, whether it's a pitching to, a, to win a piece of business or pitching an idea to an internal stakeholder, uh, many people make the mistake of not preparing enough and finding that uh, they'll just wing it in a lot of cases. So uh, preparation is not necessarily at the, at the forefront of many people's minds. Having said that though, there's also people who over-prepare. So I want to talk today about a model and a structure and a thinking pattern, if you like, about getting ready to pitch, whether it be a presentation, an idea, a product, a service, to an internal or an external stakeholder. Uh, we want to stack the odds in your favor so that when you're actually having this conversation, when you're communicating your message, there's a high probability that not only is the message going to get through, but you have a higher probability of getting the result you're actually looking for rather than just leaving it to chance and hoping that uh, your gravitas, your natural charisma or the topic you're talking about will be enough for them to say, hey, yes, we feel it. We feel this is a great product. We feel this is a great idea. Let's move forward. So one of the things that I've learned over many years is a lot of people don't spend near enough time planning before they have a conversation, let alone before they have a presentation. Now, there's always exception to this. And I have seen situations where there's a massive bid coming up, and you're at the last last stages of a big of a big deal, and there's a lot of pressure riding on it, and there's a lot of people that do get into a room and they start preparing for the big pitch, the big final pitch, and that's when a lot of people do the the big planning, and they uh, sometimes over-engineer things. But in most cases, people don't spend near enough time thinking about what is the outcome we're looking for, and how do I actually create a presentation or an idea or even a communication message to the point that it's going to resonate with the audience and give myself every opportunity of getting the outcome I'm looking for 
which is hopefully them purchasing a product, a service, or taking on an idea. And hence many people, and I've seen sales letters do this, I've seen sales directors do this, and I've seen stacks and stacks of salespeople do this. They simply wing it, and often they stand behind the company they're working for, thinking that the company's brand and the company's reputation will actually uh, hold true and carry them through to an outcome, and that customers, they expect their customers and prospects to literally fall at their feet wanting to purchase their product and purchase their service without being convinced or without being influenced to make the right decision. And one of the key mistakes many salespeople make and many sales leaders make is when they're pitching, when they're communicating a message, they make it too much about either themselves or their company and less about the audience, the individual or the company that they're actually pitching to or trying to influence or persuade. And you just have to look at executive summaries. I spent many years helping sales teams uh, refine their account plans, but also refine their pitches and their presentations, whether it be to internal key stakeholders or more importantly to customers when it comes to pitching, to the point where how do we actually create a presentation and how do we put an executive summary together as part of a proposal, which actually sends a really clear message that we are here to serve this organization and we can actually create some value. Because I've got to say, the majority of executive summaries, if you count the number of times the word of ourselves, or when I say ourselves, in terms of our company, uh, in relation to the word of the customer's company, in most executive summaries, there is a factor of sometimes five and sometimes 10 to one, which is they mention their own company five or 10 times more than they mention the name of the customer they're trying to influence. And we've got to understand one core principle. When we're making a pitch, when we're making a presentation, when we're trying to sell an idea, it is not about us. And this is a key key leadership philosophy as well, and it's a really key lesson that many leaders, uh, many great leaders understand implicitly, and it's something they've, they've had to continue to work on, but it is not about us as leaders. It's all about our audience. It's all about our team. And the same thing can be said about when it comes to pitching and planning a presentation or planning, a, planning an idea strategy to try and influence a customer or somebody to take a certain course of action. What great salespeople and great sales leaders are able to do is they become great communicators. It is intentional. They're very, very clear on what their intention is for this communication, for this pitch, for this presentation, for this conversation, and they plan according to that intention. And so they're very, very crystal clear on what success looks like, and they invest heavily in planning and preparation up front before the conversation happens. Now, when I talk about investing heavily, I'm not saying that they spend weeks doing this. In some cases, Depending on the, I guess, the importance of the conversation or the presentation, it could be it could be an hour, it could be five minutes. But they are prepared because they do make sure that they are really, really clear on what a successful outcome looks like. And this is what separates the great sales leaders and the great influencers from everybody else. They they actually are prepared for that conversation and they think about what could go wrong or what sort of questions could be asked. By, by their audience or by the person they're having a conversation with and they consider those before they jump into that conversation so that when uh, something like that comes up and they've considered it, it doesn't become a shock. They've thought about that situation or that question and they've actually thought through how they would most appropriately answer that if that came up in a conversation. So they're prepared. And when that happens, they actually end up making the conversation even more legitimate and it increases the level of influence that the person has with their audience because they've actually thought about it and it comes across as authentic, but it also comes across as almost uh, like an authority figure. We know what we're talking about and we're confident 
in how we can respond to those sort of questions. Now, this doesn't happen by chance. There might be some people out there that can uh, catch lightning in a bottle and wing it, uh, but they're very, very few and far between. Most of us have to spend a bit of time thinking about what is the intention for this conversation, how do I can put myself into a position where I'm well prepared so that I can get the most appropriate outcome to every single situation. Now, does this guarantee that you're going to win every single pitch you make? Absolutely not. But what it does guarantee is at least you go into any conversation or any presentation and certainly any pitch with a much higher level of confidence to the point where you know you can deliver your message and what will be in terms of the outcome, uh, it will be, right? So if we've started to think about what our intention is going to be and what the outcome looks like, what success looks like, and we can then structure a presentation and go through and deliver that presentation with that thought process of what success looks like, there's a much higher probability that we'll end up delivering that than if we just went in and thought, let's let's just see how this goes, and we hope that we'll get the outcome we're looking for. It doesn't work like that. So what I wanted to share with you today is a nine-step planning process, which comes from uh, Rogen SI and did a lot of work with Rogen SI going back to 2015, did a lot of work, learned a stack of stuff around influence, pitching and presenting that uh, I wish I had known years and years before when I was in sales and uh, running sales teams because I knew if I had have known what I know now back then, I know that a lot of the deals we didn't win, we perhaps could have actually done it slightly differently to get a much different and a much better outcome. So I share this now with sales teams, I share it in trainings, I share it with uh, clients, uh, anybody that's looking to do a presentation or put some sort of pitch together. And the title of this podcast episode is going to be Making Your Pitch Count. And interestingly, a lot of the a lot of the wins and losses in relation to any key message, whether it be a presentation or any form of interaction, really, it's often won or lost in the preparation stage. It's not necessarily lost on the stage itself or on the field of battle, if you like, to use a like a, a war analogy. It's really done in the in the preparation stage. So I really want to spend some time today thinking about and getting you to think about. How much time am I putting in to prepare for a conversation or to prepare for a presentation? Or in this case, in terms of a sales pitch, how much time am I putting in to prepare for a sales pitch? Now, what I'm not going to share today is a structure of a presentation, which I can do in a separate episode, but um, the planning process is really, really important, and it's nine steps to go through. Now, this is, as I said, this comes from Rogan SI, and this is a, a well-worn and battle-hardened process, and it's been around for, no, probably around 50 years plus now, and it just works. And I've used it, I've, I've had clients use it, I've had teams use it, and they swear by it, and it's really, really simple. And often the simple, simple things... Uh, can be too simple for some people because I over overlook and say, ah, can't be that simple. I'll just continue to do what I do. Uh, what I'm saying here is if you can put these nine things in place, you will significantly improve your chances of getting a positive outcome on any presentation, on any pitch, and in any conversation. So let's go through this. And I'm only going to do this at a high level. If you want some more information about this, please send me an email, darren at darrenmitchell.com.au. More than happy to share some more information in relation to this. So step number one is audience analysis. We, we put this at the beginning because we've really got to be crystal clear on who it is that we're going to be presenting to. So whether it be one, two, 10, 100 people, who are the audience members going to be? Now, if you know them personally, then you'll have an understanding as to who they are and what they what makes them tick, what the role is that they play, et cetera, et cetera. Now, sometimes though, you're going to be presenting to an audience that you have no idea who the people are. Now, we need to do some form of analysis though, if, if nothing else, just to get an understanding of who is going to be in the room. So that's requesting, for example, a, an attendee list. And if you can, thinking about what is 
the role that they play. If you can go even further and start to get some analysis in terms of, okay, based on what I know about them or what research I can do or the questions I can ask, why are they going to be there? So when you're thinking about the audience you're about to present to, everything you do starts from who is going to be in the room. What are their roles uh, and why are they going to be there? What sort of questions do you think they'll be asking? What are sort of outcomes they're looking for? Now, if you don't know this, this is why it's so important to understand and try and find out what's going to make the audience members tick. Going back to the executive summary where most companies put their own name more than they put their company name. This is not understanding the audience. This is making it all about ourselves. So if you look at most presentations, it's all about us. Understanding the audience first and foremost gives you a really good baseline to think, okay, who is going to be there? What are they going to be wanting to hear? And why are they going to be there? What is the key message I now need to start thinking about? And it gets us into a frame of mind of saying, okay, I need to know who the people are and why are they going to be important and why are they going to be interested in what I've got to talk about. So that's the first thing. Do your audience analysis. Step number two is based on that, think about, okay, what is the objective of my presentation or my pitch? What's the objective of my conversation I'm about to have with this particular people, this person or these people. Now, three key things with this. The first thing is we've got to know and understand what is it that I want to make my audience think as a result of my presentation. So I've got to really think about this. When I'm delivering the presentation, when I'm delivering the message, when I'm trying to influence, what is it that I want my audience to be thinking as a result of that presentation? That's the first thing. So that's going to be on the intellectual plane. The second thing to think about is how do I want my audience to feel as a result of my presentation? Because in order for them to do anything, there has to be a level of emotion involved. Because whether you like it or not, most people make their decisions based on emotion. So if you go into a presentation thinking, I've got all these facts and figures, and the facts and figures just say, hey, this is so obvious, you just should say yes to my proposal and let's get on to implementation, that's not going to cut it. We have to take that information and create some level of emotion so that they feel something as a result of looking at that information. So the feel part is equally important. So tapping into what the emotion is. And the third component around your objective is, what do you want them to do as a result of your presentation? So understand this, uh, no point having a meeting, no point having a presentation, no point doing a pitch unless there's some form of call to action as a result of that particular meeting or that pitch. And so the do part is what action do you want them to take as a result of this presentation? So when you're thinking about this, when you're building the objective of the presentation, you've got your think, feel, do in, pre- in preparation. You're now starting to formulate, okay, what sort of information do I need to put, put together so that I can maximize the opportunity of those three key objectives uh, matching what my intention is. So that's when you go to step number three. And based on that, think, okay, what sort of information do I now need to collect? And this is where most people fall short. They try to pack so much information into a presentation that the audience gets completely overload. So think about this. The key message around the research part, which is step three, is less is more. If you can think about the specific information you need to gather in order to match the intention and therefore match the audience and what they're looking for, then it makes it a lot more specific and uh, increases the chances of you hitting the mark in terms of your influencing points. So don't try and put everything in there because a lot of people, when it comes to selling in particular, will, will talk about all the features and benefits and all the hidden extras and all the all the bonuses and stuff like that, thinking that the more I stack on, the more I'm going to impress upon my audience that this is a really good deal, the more I think they'll be leaning forward and wanting to purchase that particular deal. Well, guess what? The opposite actually works. 
If I can focus on the thing is that less is more, and if I can only put in information into the presentation which is going to be relevant to the audience and relevant to my objective of getting them to think and feel and do a certain thing, then guess what? I'm going to hit the mark. So step number three is make sure you're collecting information, doing research that is very relevant, which means you're going to have to sift and sort through a huge amount of information and pick out the bits that you think are going to hit the mark. Step number four is once you've done that, then we can start thinking about what is the best structure that I can put together for this particular presentation. And as I said, happy to record a podcast coming up in relation to the best structure to use, but essentially for every presentation, every conversation, every movie, every song, every book, every email, there are three key components to this, and this is what the structure is all about. There is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an end. And the key thing around this is when we talk about structure, try to minimize the number of points you have. So don't have a structure, for example, that's got 15 different things you're gonna talk about. Try to maximize out at three, if not at five. Five is probably the max. But if you can have three key messages throughout the entire structure and put it into a place where you've got your beginning, which is essentially your introduction, the middle part will be the crux of your presentation and the end will be not just the conclusion and and, uh, summary, but it'll also be the call to action, which is what you want them to do. Then you'll have a framework that can now deliver the presentation with a higher level of confidence because you've put it into a easy to follow structure. So that's step number four, choose your structure. Step number five, and this is where a lot of people fall down as well, is this is this is the step where we start thinking about, all right, what sort of visual aids do I need to have? Now, many people default back to PowerPoint and they use PowerPoint for most presentations, but most of them go straight to the PowerPoint uh, for the first thing they do rather than looking at the audience analysis or the objective or collecting the right information. So thinking about, okay, based on all the information I've gathered, based on the structure that I've chosen, based on the research that I've done, based on the objective of the presentation I know I need to put in place, and based on the analysis that I've done of the audience, what is going to be the best visual aid to now use? Now, in many cases, you might actually say, yep, probably PowerPoint is the best, most appropriate visual aid, but you might actually have just uh, flip charts or a whiteboard, because think about this. The actual visual aid is you. It is not your PowerPoint. And this is where a lot of people make the mistake. They put so much effort into a beautiful, colorful PowerPoint deck, thinking that that is what the highlight of the presentation is. The visual aids are there to support you. They are not there to replace you. So uh, use appropriate visual aids, but don't have too many. And when you're using PowerPoint, for example, minimalize it. Uh, Just have photos, just have keywords. Don't necessarily have bucket loads of writing. So that's step number five. Choose the select and select the most appropriate visual aid. Step number six is when we do a read-through. And this is where a lot of sales leaders and sales teams miss the point completely. They don't read through their content before they jump into some form of rehearsal or before they deliver the presentation. The read-through part is a really critical part because it gives us a bit of a sanity check to think about, all right, based on all the things that we've done so far, based on the content that I've put in place and also based on the visual aids that that I've selected, if I read through this, I ask the question, so what? Does this make sense? Will it make sense to the audience? Because it goes right back to step number one, which is the audience analysis, and think, well, do I actually now have information and is my message dialed into what my audience is going to be thinking? Now, if that's the case, then great. You can go to step seven, which is rehearsal. And this is where rehearsal is so important. And this is not rehearsal so that we can memorize the words we're going to say. This is rehearsal to try and actually deliver a presentation in an authentic way to deliver confidence so that when we get into the real-life presentation, we'll have that level of confidence and gravitas that we can deliver a really impactful and influential presentation. So rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. 
And a quick tip on this, never ever, ever rehearse in front of a mirror. So if you're gonna do any rehearsals, do it in front of a camera so you can play it back because that will enable you to see how other people will see you or have some people in the audience to become almost like pseudo uh, customers and give, get some feedback from them so you can rehearse in front of people, but never do it in front of a, a mirror. Uh, and the eighth one, the eighth step is then deliver because you've done all the previous seven steps. You now have the skill set You've now done the preparation, you've done the read-through, so you've probably refined it a little bit. Now the key is just go and have some fun, all right? So when you do that, when you can deliver the level of confidence, this is where you can really make your pitch count because it sounds authentic. People are, are going to be sitting there, and if you do it well, they're going to believe in the message that you're giving them, and it will increase the opportunity of you influencing them to get the result you're looking for because you've done all this research. And then the final part, step nine, which you probably don't do with the, with the audience, but you do this with your, uh, with your team or with your confidant, with your coach, with your mentor, with your one-up manager. You do a review and you think about, okay, based on all this, after I've done the presentation, how did it go? How did we, did we win? What did we win? What were some good things that came out of it? but also what are some of the lessons that we need to learn so that we can maximize the opportunity of improving the next time we get an opportunity to pitch. And these, these are the nine key steps that most people do not go through. They go straight into just the pitch. So nine steps takes a bit of time, but uh, if you can spend some time and invest some time and make some commitment and develop some discipline around this, I can guarantee you'll increase your opportunities of getting much better outcomes. And when you're in front of a live customer doing this, you'll be able to make your pitch count. So I uh, hope that makes sense. Hope that helps. And if, again, if you want some more information on this, more than happy to provide that. Simply go to uh, send me an email at darren at darrenmitchell.com.au. Just put in the title uh, presentation or pitching and I'm more than happy to have that dialogue with you and help you out. And as we wrap up, key reminder as well is if you'd like some help with any of this, uh, but in the process, if you'd like some help becoming an exceptional sales leader, Love to work with you one-on-one and help you do just that. Let's have a, let's have a conversation over Zoom. Uh, you know the drill. Go to leadwithdarren.com. Uh, when you're ready to work together, we'll jump on a call and set up a program just for you. And we'll get to work as early as this week, well on your way to becoming an exceptional sales leader over the next 90 days or so. So with that, thanks once again for plugging into this episode. Hope it was of value and uh, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, but also if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.